brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino. Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Podcasting Power Hour with your host, Jeff Townsend, a.k.a. the Indie Podcast Father. I'm your co-host, Greg, from Indie Drop-In Network. Podcasting Power Hour is recorded live every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter Spaces. Every week, an experienced panel of podcasters and other experts will tackle your podcasting questions. We will, of course, put links to all of our guests and any relevant information in the show notes. All right, let's get this party started. All right, might as well kick it off. What do you think, Greg? Yeah, let's get started. Let's get going. Let's get going. The greatest Twitter space in the world. Somebody just sent me an IM on Facebook. I don't know who you are. International Podcast Day live stream invite. I don't know what the hell is going on, guys, but it's podcasting power hour. I'm your host, Jeff Townsend, and with me as usual, my best friend in the world, Greg, founder of Indie Drop-In. How's it going, Greg? It's going good. I, it's nice that I've been elevated to best friend. Like, it's, I think the last time I was eight years old, I had a best friend. Well, fear no more, my friend. Fear no more. Thanks for Thanks for helping like you always are. I really do appreciate it. No problem. This next man is probably like my 67th uh, on the friend list, Tanner Campbell. He's a philosopher now. He is no longer involved in podcast <laughs> podcast improvement activities. This is it. It's exclusive. If you want to hear Tanner talk about podcasting, you have to come here. It's, it's just it's becoming that way. Uh, thanks for having me, man. Remember like two weeks ago when you're like, you will, you will not see one more tweet from me on Twitter to the public. And then since then, your like tweet ratio has gone up 10% than it was before. I got like 40 tweets. <laughs> well, because you delete them every day or whatever. I don't know. Using some sort of fancy software. Jim okay. Mallard. Jim Mallard. How do, how's it going? Who do you have lined up for tomorrow night on the Mallard Report? Well, you would ask. I don't have it right in front of me. Um, I'll look it up and I'll tell you at the end of the show. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for coming in, though. Digging holes and taking souls. The Hall of Famer, Dave Jackson. Thanks for joining us, Dave. You were out last week. Were you playing bingo with your with your friends? Dominoes? Is that what it was? Yeah, I actually had a friend in from out of town that I've known forever. And uh, yeah, so and that's really the only friend I have 
I, I had another one, but I forgot to feed it and it died. So I had to pay attention to this one. So there we go. Thanks for having me, man. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no problem. I always consider you a friend, Dave. Hey, Dave, you, sh- you should try out a best friend. Feels pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Someday we all have goals. And of course, we have some of the amazing usual people. Ed, it's the Wizard Podcast, the greatest song ever sung. Shitty. I'm just kidding. It's poorly. And yes, I would have got it right. I just missed it on purpose. Ed, too. Yeah. Jonah, Neil, jacking around Jack Ingram, representing that podcast well. I appreciate everybody. Where the hell is David at? Rihanna? like, this is unacceptable. My gosh. All right. We'll go ahead and get going. Greg, what do we have on the uh, agenda today? Well, we have a lot of good things to talk about. We're going to we're going to talk about call to actions. We're going to talk a little bit about Dave's Jackson's podcast rodeo show. He doesn't know that though. Wow, Maybe he, I did a good job making that title, didn't I? Yeah, dang it. He does know it. And then I think but we're, but I think we're going to start Tanner says he has a story that is going to be life-changing, podcast changing monetarily changing fat wallet changing he says it's gonna be amazing so amazing that we'll title the podcast version of this this story so Uh, wow great i can't that's such an honor thank you um so i might have one of the things i like about podcasting is that as it changes and things get better sometimes they get worse it's not always linear you sometimes have to revisit things that you were very certain of, you know, eight months ago. For example, with YouTube's new changes, maybe we'll find ourselves in another year feeling very, very different about YouTube than we did six months ago. Well, my one of my podcasts was recently acquired and they have encouraged me to uh, be more active on social if you could believe that I need to do that. Uh, so they asked me to open up a, a TikTok and I'm like, oh, well, I don't know how well my content is going to translate on TikTok, but I'll give it a whirl. And I've recently, for anybody who's been following my tweets, has seen that I've I've been doing a lot of AI art with Midjourney uh, in my Discord server, which if anybody wants an invite to play with Midjourney, just DM me and I'll happily add you. doesn't cost anything. Um, and I can make these really great pieces of, I mean, for lack of a better term, is art. Uh, and I'm making them, but <laughs> way better than I could ever make them if I had to use a brush and a pen and a pencil. So I downloaded this app called Pod Buddy, which is like $20 for life or something. And it's an audiogram maker. And I think you all know how I feel about audiograms in general. Is that they You love them. Oh, I can't stand them. They don't work very well. And I didn't think that TikTok was necessarily a great place to do cross-platform promotion of of uh, podcast content. Now, here's the thing. I want to preface what I'm about to tell you with this is a one-off. I am the o- only data point in in this experiment, right? So it's not fair to say that this definitely works. I hate when people have singular success and then go become a podcast coach and say, well, I did it this way. So it's going to work for everybody. But it is interesting that it happened. So I created these audiograms that were essentially just, if you go to tiktok.com forward slash at stoicism pod, you can see these images. Or if you just scroll through my Twitter timeline, you can see them. They're black and white, men, women, uh, different backgrounds. It's just AI art. So all I did was take this AI art, lay a progress bar over the bottom of it, uh, put it in, you know, six by uh, 19 by whatever it is, you know, letter format, but story format. Uh, and upload it with the audio to TikTok. And 
one of the things that I've hated about TikTok for a long time is that you have to have a thousand followers before you can go live. And I had a TikTok, you know, once upon a time, and I, I think I had like 20 followers. I was like, I'm never going to be able to go live on this stupid thing. Within, I shit you not, two posts. One of my posts went what I would consider to be viral. It got 40,000 plays or just shy of 40,000 plays in like 48 hours. And I already have 1,300 followers. And the interesting thing, the thing that is making me rethink how I feel about TikTok in general is that if, if I look at the day that I created that, the day after I created the TikTok account, I have twice as many listens <laughs> as I do on any other day, whether it's compared to that day in the previous week or any day previous to that day in any previous week. I went from having 10 or 11,000 downloads a day to having 27,000 downloads in one day. And the stickiness of that increase has been about, well, I'd say 30%. It's not, it's not terrific, but it's certainly far from bad. So now my average has increased just because of creating a TikTok account, has increased from 10 or 11,000 a day to like an average of 18 or 17,000 a day, which is pretty fucking incredible. And because Sounder tracks referrals, I know that they came from TikTok, which is, which is exciting. So go get a TikTok. <laughs> I took my shirt off on TikTok and got 50,000. So I don't know you're going to. And I just saw Dave Jackson's last week. It was amazing. It reminded me of my dad trying to work the cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's not kidding. right. That's so so I, I, the point of that story is not just maybe get a TikTok, but I, I, I shit talk TikTok for a long time saying it wasn't a great place for this kind of work. You really did. And I, I really did. And I think it's important that People remember that what's true today it maybe is not going to be the case, and it's especially true in marketing and advertising uh, and in podcasting because it relies on marketing and advertising so much. It's not going to be true in six months or a year or you know two years. Things change, so always revisit strategies. It's probably one of the most important things you can do for your show. Always, so Tanner, be, willing, always be willing to make that, you know, and listen and learn and make those changes as well. You have to be open-minded. So Tanner, did you go back in after the thousand and put your link in? Because you can't even put a link in TikTok without having so, subscribers. So here's what I learned. Um, yes, you're right. You can if you're a business. But if you're a business, then you get really limited reach. Because I did my first post and I was like, oh, this is doing pretty well, but it's not getting that many. And then I took the post from being a business TikTok account, I took the account from being a business creator TikTok to being just an individual's TikTok. And all of a sudden the next post got like 10 times as many views. So, so yes, you're right. I didn't add the link to the bio until I had over a thousand uh, followers, but I got those thousand followers in less than 48 hours, which is nuts. Yeah, so I'm going to be, so I'm going to be using TikTok, I think to go live and, and see how that goes for me. Let's do it. Melissa, go ahead. You have your hand up. Yeah, I just wanted to say I should probably do a TikTok too, but every time I do, my kids find it. Yeah, okay. one one thing you have to come to grips with, and that's everybody. If you make a podcast and you make TikToks, you make social media, people that you don't want to find it are the people that are going to find it. I mean, right? I mean, I don't want, I don't really want people at my work, you know, my day job to know that I, yes. you know, I have other interests, but they find it. And, you know, I'm not embarrassed by anything that I do because I, you know, I wouldn't be, but, you know, I just don't want them to think I'm distracted. So I have the same issue, but you have to just suck it up. 
Yeah, and, it's not, uh, and that's what the thing. Is. I'm not embarrassed about anything. Like, I don't do anything that embarrasses me. Like, I don't really get embarrassed. It's just all of a sudden, like, I don't know. And like, well, I, if, I, like, if Dave Jackson can do it, anybody can. He was on there and he's confident and he's just delivering it. You just have to have that confidence. And I, I don't, I don't think you can worry about that because Greg's right. People will find you. I do want to go ahead though and go ahead, Dave. You have some. My, my thing with TikTok, I just after going to podcast movement, I heard so much about it, and I was like, Chinese government, be damned! I'm going to try this, and um, I just do what I do, and I figure everybody talked about how great the algorithm is, and they're like, the people that want to find your stuff will find it, and like everything else, it takes a while, and I'm like, all right, well, I set up uh, an OBS profile to be uh whatever nine by 16 and you know i'm using something i think called clip scribe where i upload and it puts the little words that go across the bottom of my screen and i'm like all right we'll see what happens so all right uh greg i do want to give you a minute to uh shine some light on dave before we dig deep dive into this call to action <laughs> so uh i used two of your resources dave uh in the last couple of days for one is I took your list of all the podcasting shows about the podcasts about podcasting. And I added every one of them that was live to, you know, just one of the new podcast apps. Uh, like I'm using Castomatic for it. Anyway, one of your, one of the shows I inadvertently subscribed to was your podcast rodeo show. <laughs> and uh, I was just going through the list and adding it. Anyway, I listened to it. Uh, today and it was really good and I just wanted to put that out on the on the wire as a resource for everybody and maybe you can just tell people how it worked because I thought it was done really well I thought it was funny and uh, I appreciated it well here's the fun thing this show like many of my shows was never supposed to be a real podcast I uh, I forget what media host had come out but some enough people had said, what do you think of whatever it was? And I was like, ah, oh, crap, i got to start another podcast to try this media host. Except I had no time to do a podcast. So I said, well, I need a podcast that requires no show prep. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to grab a random podcast. And then kind of mystery science theater, just kind of talk about it and say, okay, here's where I'm coming from based on your description and your episode. And so some of them, like I, I listened to – I think I heard him on here. The guy was getting 20,000 downloads in a month. And I was like, well, I want to listen to this show now. So I went over. Well, unfortunately, that particular episode, his co-host had been drinking for eight hours before he got on the microphone. And I said, well, if you're looking for a bunch of guys in the basement doing kind of the bro thing, these guys do it better than anybody. But if you're looking for you know, a serious discussion, that's not going to be you. So I just – it literally is. It's the first time I've heard the show. And I explain, like in some cases, the last one I just listened to, they started off great, and then they thought they were Joe Rogan and did like four minutes of commercials, almost like that guy on Saturday morning that does the show and starts off with a bunch of commercials, said the hypocrite. Uh, but nonetheless, it started to lose me. But the good news is when they came back from the commercials, they got right into the content. So it's just me talking off the top of my head. And I even tell people, like, I you're going to have to have a really good – if you're doing – uh, a fictional story, I'm not your guy. Like I, I will try to listen to it, but almost every fictional story I hear, the uh, person that is putting it together has fallen in love with sound effects, and it's all icing and no story. Uh, so it's just something 
I, I started and I was going to quit after about, I don't know, three weeks. I had tested this media host and kind of saw what it did. And I kind of announced it. I said, okay, well, this is enough of that one. And everybody's like, no, you're, you're saying all the stuff we're thinking. We're just not saying it out loud. And so the goal is not to just bash your show. Uh, you know, if it's, you know, and I always try to be constructive. It's like, okay, here's, here's how you fix the fact that you sound like you're in a cave or, you know, whatever's going on or, you know, that whole nine yards. But uh, thanks, Greg. Yeah, that's just, it's just something I, I have people from time to time that say, hey, can you listen to my show and tell me what you think about it? And I'm like, well, you know, and I think I charge a whopping, well, right now I have it set up. You can pay me whatever you want, but it's just something that uh, I wanted to play with Fiverr. So for a while it was five bucks. Uh, it's just something I play with. And I like it because I get to hear a, a lot of different versions of uh, content of what people are doing out there. And uh, it's just, you know, I threw it on the wall to see if it sticks. And uh, it's a lot of fun sometimes. I and I don't think there's anything wrong with giving a little bit of money either to get really good feedback. Uh, I know that some people that just get into it are probably think that's kind of weird, but it, it's absolutely not. It's great feedback. Yeah. The, um, I talked to Jack from the Darknet diaries and he spent a lot of time making sure that the show was good before he promoted it. And so many times we ask our best friends and our cousins and our uncles, and they're not going to really give you, honest feedback in in many cases not all cases but many because they don't want to hurt your feelings if it's not good so you need to know if it's it's good or and a lot of times it's it's low-hanging fruit you know it's the fact that you started the show and you didn't say what it's about or you didn't even say the name of the show i have no idea what i'm listening to or all it's really low-hanging fruit that i'm like hey this would be much better if you just did this kind of thing and i always say at the beginning of the show i say the following is an opinion. It's only an opinion. Uh, if for whatever reason you disagree with this opinion, feel free to never listen again. It's like I'm I'm not the you know podcast sage that's like the final word on everything. I'm like, this is my first impression as I listen to this. And it, it may just be that I'm not your target audience, but there are some things that are just, you know, that's bad audio. I can't understand what you're saying kind of thing. And uh, I point that out. But I also point out that Wow, this really hooked me in. This was a great story. You have me wondering what's going to happen next. Go ahead, Ed, number two. I know you're going to tell us about how you used the service and you loved it. That's exactly what I was going to say, Jeff. Yes, uh, I, I took Dave Jackson's advice that he gave us on the show. It was very helpful. It was amusing. I was amused, I was amused listening to him make fun of us, uh, and I – it was invaluable. I, I bought the book you recommended. I uh, have worked really hard to get my co-host to get to the meat of it a lot faster per Dave's suggestion. So thank you, Dave. Glad to help. Anybody else have anything else on the discussion of, you know, taking that constructive criticism um, and, and handling it? I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Fuzz, nice of you to join us. Speak. Hey, what's happening? Uh, sorry, I was late. My wife uh, was at uh, my daughter's dance class and somebody ran her truck into my wife's parked car. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so I was just uh, evaluating the damage. And here I am. So fun, interesting night. You so, also are a state farm insurance agent? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I was waiting for Jake to call me back. So, what do you think, Greg? I know we can jump into this call to action. Do you have anything else as far as the podcast radio? I know you'll throw it in the show notes for this 
episode online and I, I, we can get ahead and share it down below too. So people listening can, can get involved with that. Yeah, no, that's the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I wanted to try to tell resources that people can use to help them improve their show. And for whatever Dave charges, it seemed cheap. All right, Greg, what, what, so the call to action here, and I titled it rodeo, but we'll move on from the rodeo. What does call to action mean to you? When you hear that, what do you think? Yeah, so to just to kind of kick, get this started off, call to action for me is when I ask the audience to do something that I want them to do, right? And I know that's a kind of a terrible way to say it because, you know, the really what you want to do is empower them to do something they want to do, right? But, but let's just be real. I want them to do something, so that's why I create a call of action. Now, um, the goal is, is to, like I said, to get them to feel like they want to do whatever it is you're asking them to do. And that's the hard part. And I thought we could go around the room today and talk about how people construct their call calls to action and uh, how we each can improve. What do you think, Fuzz? Do you have something or, or, or even things that did not work, right, Greg? I mean, both examples go both ways. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, uh, everything you do, whether you're in marketing or you're, uh, you know, if you're podcasting, everything you do is call to action from. I shot at my neighbors across the street. That doesn't seem to work. So that would be an example. that. But it is. It is a call to action. Yeah. And if it didn't work, uh, it's time to try something new. Test and then try something new. Test, analyze and adjust. That's what we do all the time. And uh, so the. Uh, yeah, just, I mean, as simple as getting somebody to listen or to subscribe to your Patreon or, uh, you know, uh, tell their friends, whatever it might be. So buy your stuff. That's all. Everything's called action. So, but people will get overwhelmed. And I think, um, my opinion is that keeping your calls to action concise and tight um, and not too bountiful, um, is, uh, likely to work more than, um, than, uh, giving, asking people to do all the, all the things that you could possibly want them to do at the end of your episode. So I would stick with a few or one or one or two and, uh, don't, don't get too crazy. That's a great point. Actually, uh, Tanner had a review about that you want to go ahead and take go go ahead tanner it's your turn segue into it with that my review what are you talking about didn't didn't somebody say that you were trying to push things i don't know what the hell it was too many no no, no. somebody just complained that in the podcast that i create for free and that they said in the review was really enjoyable and very valuable to them that they thought i should talk less at the start and i ignored that because that person's a cunt mm. <laughs> wow <laughs> All right. Well, go ahead and speak to call to actions while you're up here. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to start laughing over you, Tanner. I just, uh, well, the phone slipped out of my hand because I was laughing and knees laughing at the same time. Uh, call to actions, you had to limit it one to two. I'm not great at them either. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'm terrible at the podcasting things, but yeah. Sorry. <laughs> didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I mean, I think so long as you're just be authentic with them. I mean, like Greg said, you can't put too many of them in there because you, there's like a uh, there's a tolerance for them, right? And every listener should 
while consuming something for free that you labor to create should have a certain amount of, there's an acceptable amount of tolerance that you can accept that they, that you can expect them to have. Uh, and that can be, you know, two, maybe one pre-roll and two mid-rolls and maybe something at the very end that they can skip anyway. Everybody who's consuming something for free should shut up and deal with that. And I, I never feel sorry for, for any listener that's like, oh no, an ad. Can you just do that for free? Dude, can you just make that stuff for free? I, I don't, it's it's reasonable to expect some amount of advertising call to actions, whatever they are, inside of your podcast. But you can't be like, hey, welcome to the show. Have you given me money yet? <laughs> and then play an ad and then say, hey, hope you enjoyed that ad. Uh, can you go subscribe to me and give me some money now? Like you have to be be authentic about how important it is that, you, that you're asking them to do this, especially if it's for giving you money. Um, explain to them, you know, that this is, I'm trying to do this for a living. This show costs money, you know. I'm going to continue to do it, but your support would help make it easier for me. Uh, and just respect them for the most part. Respect that they they are showing up with an expectation that they don't have to give you money. And some kind of, you know, they understand there's a trade-off there. Like, we're not going to give this guy money, but we like their show. So we're going to put up with the ads because, you know, or the call to actions because we know that this person has to make a living somehow. So I don't know, just don't abuse it, I guess. Calls to action are not that complicated. Dave, what do you think, Jackson, we'll segue to you. What do you think the overall purpose, I know that it could be getting what you want or, or whatever, but of this call to action, I think for me, it's getting people to go to whatever or you know consume whatever you're wanting to get them to. Yeah, it really comes back to why am I doing this or what's the most important thing for the show? So if I'm starting a show... I'm not going to ask them to buy my t-shirt because I've got 13 people listening. I just launched. So what do I want them to do? I want them to tell a friend. I want them to share it and things like that. So you have to really kind of boil down to what do I want my audience to do? But what I hear a lot is will it be like, follow me on TikTok, like me on this, do that. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, why not put all those on one page and call it contact? If you'd like to contact me, it's all there. Twitter, Instagram, everything there, my email. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. Now I've got one call to action. Or, because I remember once I had a guy, he's like, I'm not getting any engagement, and I'm not making this up. He had eight calls to action. And I go, I'm pretty sure at call to action three, people's eyes roll in the back of their head, and they start drooling. They, you know, You've lost them already, so forget what happens at call to action number seven. They're gone already. So you have to kind of to figure out what it is you want them to do and do that. Now, for the record, I suck at this. I have a very hard time doing one call to action. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll sprinkle a call to action in the middle and at the beginning, not right at the beginning, like Tanner said, that makes no sense. But it is hard to, to do just one when you're trying to do multiple things. It's something I, I work on. And then try to make it easy to remember. So instead of going to try and spell my website.com slash 27 dash blah, 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 you know, there are all sorts of things you can use to, you know, uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow instead of saying, you know, follow me on wherever fine podcasts are sold. No, reinforce your brand, number one, and hopefully then they'll share that on Twitter or someplace that might boost your SEO, uh, you know, a, a very thin amount, but it's it's worth it. But because uh, you got to remember, a lot of people are on the treadmill or they're walking the dog or whatever. So it's, it's, yeah, we all know what it is. It's one of those things that sounds simple, but it's, it's easier said than done to do one good call to action that's specific 
And then like Tanner was saying, you have to explain why do you want to do this? So I do a, a call to action. I do a question of the month. The last answer of, or the last episode of my podcast is where my audience has hopefully sent in answers. And so I always tell them exactly where to go, schoolofpodcasting.com slash question. Be sure to mention the name of your show and your website and a little bit about it. So it's like, hey, want some free promotion? All you got to do is answer my question of the month. So here's where you go. Here's why you're doing it. And here's how you're going to benefit. And, you know, that seems to work so far. Yeah. And only ever one. I don't know if anybody will disagree with that, but to your point earlier, Dave, like putting, you know, three or six or eight call to actions in a podcast, don't, they're not going to remember which one you want them to do. So they can't, they're not going to do them all. So every podcast, you just have one very clear call to action, put it wherever you want. I usually put it, you know, as I'm wrapping up and say, you know, that's all I've got for you today. And to, and I'll literally call it this. I'll say in today's call to action, if you do anything after this episode, I would appreciate it if you bought me a taco and buy me a coffee. And the next episode, I would say, I'd really appreciate it if you haven't reviewed this show yet to review it. Give them one single thing to do because if you give them six or even two, they're not going to do either one of them. That's also important too if you're going to use uh, your social media as a call to action that when you're setting up your show, make sure that every, I, I think there's a service out there that you can use to find uh, open social media handles and make sure that your handle is the same across all the channels. So if you're uh, doing multiple, if you're working with multiple channels to make sure that it's, you know, I was going to go to the, go to the internet piece next. You're so ahead of it, Fuzz. Oh, sorry, bro. The other thing, I, I'll, while I'm on it, I'll just, uh, the uh, Captivate has this short URL um, uh, call to action thingies i forget what they call them on there what, what they specifically call them but they're super helpful so i, I bought a short url uh fuzz.cc i bought it in like 2006 or something and um finally get to use it for something so i, I use uh, use that for my urls just uh uh so people don't have to type too much um and some of the host services have really good um abilities for you to do, do those uh links through those short codes uh, pretty easily. So check that out. And and if, just, anybody, if anybody is thinking that a short link is somehow different than any other domain, it's nothing special. In the same way that you go buy a .com, you just kind of truncate your domain name and buy a .co or in Fuzz's case, a .cc. So I had a podcast called Podcasting Sucks. I had a short, uh, a short link, a, sh a shorter domain that was podsux.co. So it's just that when people see the short link, you know, it's much shorter, which is visually appealing, but they can tell even in that truncation of your name that it is still the same thing. It makes sense that like, for example, Dave Jackson says like D, D, well, not D Jack, that would probably not be great. <laughs> I just bought uh, uncle, the domain, uncledave.com. Yeah. Something like that. You could, you could do, you know, I don't know, some kind of shortening of your name, just get, get inventive, but it's just buying a new domain name for another, you know, 12 or $15 a year. And then it's connecting it to, in Fuzz's case, it sounds like Captivate allows you to use a custom domain for those short links, or you can connect it to something like Bitly so that instead of using bit.ly, you're using whatever you bought. And then you can, all your links can be that. And when you have one of those, one of the benefits of it is, because you have to connect it to one of those shorteners or to something like Captivate, is you get data about the clicks. I use switchy.io for that. 
So if somebody clicks it, you know where they're from, you know what device they use, you know when they clicked it, you know what OS they were using. Uh, you don't get like demographic data, like what their gender is or what their income is, but it's still, you know, it helps you to at least see where your links are performing. Some, that was some good points. I think the short is important, but the verbiage has to be strong too. Okay, we got, uh, okay, Neil, then we'll go to Michelle. I know she requests to come up too. Neil, go ahead. Uh, first of all, I don't even know if anybody can hear me or not. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, yeah. Man. Okay, because I'm, I'm using a headset rig that I've never used before, but my AirPods just died, so forgive me. Um, no, everybody's hit exactly all the right stuff, um, and, and that leaves you know those of us down at the bottom of the list with almost nothing left to throw in, but let me reinforce a couple of the points that were made. Um, first of all, I forget who it was that said, uh, don't, uh, don't say hi, welcome to such and such a show. Have you given me money yet? Uh, give me a reason, you know, before you give me your Patreon, before you send me your buy me a coffee link, all those different things, um, give me a reason to want to send you money. Give me some content before you ask for me to pay for that content. I, I liken it to walking into a party where you don't know anyone in the room and five seconds into a conversation with a person that you just met, you've asked them if they'll give you 20 bucks. You'd be horrified if somebody did that in real life. And spoiler alert, just because it's a podcast doesn't mean that the rules for real life get suspended. Uh, give me a reason to want to give you money and then tell me how to do it if I decide to want to do it. If you leave it to the end of the episode and you're terrified of leaving it to the end of the episode because what if everybody's gone? Okay, we'll make a better episode then where everybody's not gone and they're around long enough to hear your call to action. If you're scared that they're going to bail first, your call to action is not your problem. Um, that's the main one. The, the other thing, and I'm going to be harping on this probably for about the next three to six months, I would say, is yes, you want them to do something in your call to action, but for crying out loud, make serving them the priority with whatever your call to action is going to be. Give Do something if they respond to that call to action. Give them a reason that they will be glad they did it, not just so that you can chalk up one more person on your follower account or five more bucks in your buy me a coffee. Fig figure out something that they will get in return for responding to your call to action that makes it worth it for them. Put them first. That's the only thing, other thing I've got. I segued to you perfect there with the strong piece, didn't I? That was beautiful, Neil. You're very kind. Thank you. Michelle, I hope you're feeling better. I, I'm feeling like I still have COVID. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm better than yesterday, though. Yesterday was kind of rough, but... Um, I love this topic, but I, I get a little frustrated because sometimes I feel like podcasters are not as intentional around their content um, as they need to be. And that is part of the reason why they have so many difficulties wrapping their head around calls for action, calls to action and things like that. So I have some suggestions. First is if you are getting, if you have a call to action, do a text to opt-in. Text to opt-in is so, so easy for people to do because most people are listening via their cell phone. And so if you are trying to get people on your email list or in front of a helpful tool or what have you, text to opt-in is super easy. If you have WordPress, 
using pretty links is a great way to have easy links. So in my case, say, for example, I use pretty links because I have a WordPress website. It could be uh, michelleismoneyhungry.com backslash example. So it's super easy for people to remember uh, to your point, like telling people bitly.com.1274, that's not going to work. You have to make it so easy for people because our brains are fried. Um, most folks don't know what their show intent is because they're random. Like they'll just randomly record a thing and, and that's fine. But if you are working a monetization plan, it's going to be very difficult to, to uh, attract income to your brand if you're random. Um, it just is. It's, it's, it's going to be very frustrating for you. Um, the other thing is have like be clear about your show intent. Like what is the point of your show for you as well as what is the point of the listener's intent? Like what does the listener want to get out of listening to your show? It could be that they just want to be entertained. It could be that they're part of the fandom. It could be that they want resources. It could be that they want um, to be in a community. But if you don't have that clear it's going to be, again, very difficult to monetize because you have no idea what you're doing, uh, because you have no idea what your your audience is wanting. And then finally, um, an easy way to monetize, but this is tricky because you have to be consistent. And if you have a smaller show, it takes a lot more work. Affiliate marketing is a great way to solve a problem that your your um, your listeners might have where it doesn't feel like you're asking for money. So a good example is I'm now partnering with a company uh, for a segment of content that's coming out uh, in a, sometime in October. And it is a tool that helps freelancers. I do freelance work. I know lots of people in the personal finance space that are always looking for tools to make managing their invoicing, things like that, much more simple. So I love this tool. I use this tool. It makes sense to me. And so it's a really good partnership. Maybe I'm a Ver Veronica Mars stand because I actually really am. And I, I'm obsessed with the whole, whole season, like all four seasons, even though the fourth one broke my heart. But we're not going to talk about that. And I'm just looking for a place where I can get Veronica Mars uh, sweatshirts, right? Maybe I create a Veronica Mars sweatshirt because my fans are like, I just love Veronica Mars and I love her snarky wit and I just wish I could get, you know, a, a sweatshirt. Maybe you create a, a apparel line that's print on demand so you, you don't have it up in your house. Just people print it when they feel like buying it. And then that's how you monetize. I just think people think really like everyone way complicates things, but partly because they don't have the structure and the components behind like why are people even going to take an action that means they're spending money so to the previous speaker's point you always have to lead with the audience and i feel like most conversations that i consistently hear in podcasting um because podcasting is still in its infancy people are so uncomfortable with monetization that they're kind of framing it in all of their weird like all their their financial trauma around money themselves so they get weird about how it looks and as a person who's literally built a brand 
around i charge people for things but i do it in such a way that i try to partner with brands so that my content is free i create i create books so that people can buy things that make sense like it just has to make sense and people will spend please remember that four years ago it was like four years ago at art basel in miami three different people paid $120,000 for an actual banana duct taped to a wall. People have money, they will spend it. However, when you're putting calls to actions in your show, you have to always lead with them first. It has to make sense. And I think this is the, the piece that people just get wrong from the outset because they, they don't have like a, they don't sit down for like 15 minutes before recording and have like a, a flow for what their show is going to be and what the point of it is and the purpose and who it serves. Like you just sit down and record and that's great, but you're never going to, you're not, you're not going to convert to money and you're not going to serve your audience ultimately, like, because you don't know what they want anyway. So that's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. For text, if for SMS marketing, I got to jump in on that. Uh, slick, slicktext.com is good. Community.com is good. Slick, slicktext.com is probably uh, the, mo- the most affordable as a, a pretty approachable pricing scheme. Uh, and I think it has a 14 day free trial where you can send up to 50 texts, which most people are not going to send that many when they first start. So you can kind of get like the hang of it, but text SMS marketing is what you would Google to find solutions for this. And it's, in- it converts at an incredibly high rate and it allows you to create, allows you to have one-to-one relationships with people, get onto their phone, get into their text messages. And if you do it well, it can be extremely powerful. And also what Michelle just said on like trauma around money, like, Oh my God, how have we not had tacos yet, Michelle? You're like literally miles from me. We, we, need to, we need to meet because you and I are so on the same page. It's ridiculous. I get so mad about that shit. Like you start talking to people about money and you realize that when you see their faces, realize that money's not the problem, their perception of money is the problem. It's like you change their whole life. Uh, you and I need to be best friends. Okay, so that needs to happen soon. When, when I don't have the COVID... I will definitely be up for this and I'm going to Breckenridge in a couple of weeks. We're up where Pixie wants to meet up as well. Rad. Tanner, which one did you say you used? Uh, I've used community.com in the past, which was Gary Vaynerchuk's project for a while. It's, it's now kind of taken on a life of its own, uh, but I use slick text now. S L I C K T E X T.com. Okay. We've been using uh, simple text and that's, Ooh, how's that? Uh, I haven't had that. Uh, okay. Yeah. That, that one's, it's pretty good. It's uh, um, we use it for some pretty big campaigns through uh, tractor supply company and some other stuff that we're doing. So is it um, approachable for us, for somebody small? Yeah, it is actually there. Uh, it's, it's approachable and scalable. So we've had great success with it. Yeah. So. Podcasting power hour is part of Indie drop-in network. If you are a podcaster looking to grow your listeners, check out indiedropin.com. Indie Drop-In is always free, and we have opportunities right now for comedy, true crime, scary, and paranormal podcasts. Just go to IndieDropIn.com to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, Tanner, I just looked. Tanny.com is on sale for $4,500. Go Tanny? <laughs> Go ahead, Ed. I have to run, but I just wanted to hop back to the call to actions really quick. Uh, the most effective call to actions that I've ever had is when people like you and Tanner have done call to actions either on Twitter or in their um, podcasts about my show. So whatever I'm doing, don't do what I do. Do what Tanner and Jeff do because, the, the, the for example, a call to action you did last year for the Halloween episode was probably the best one I've ever had for my show. If you can get somebody who's trusted within our community to do a call to action for you because they like you or they care about seeing you succeed, that's probably going to be even better call to action than one that you throw out yourself because they're speaking of authority. They don't normally do call to actions for other people. So I wanted to say thank you to you two specifically because your call to actions have been the best call to actions for my show in the last year. Thanks, man. Yeah. And this year we're going to do a Halloween episode together. No, we're going to do a nightmare on the street. We'll talk about that later. Hey, take care, Ed. Be safe. Don't run. You could fall. Great. Back to you. (laughs) I was just, I was just hoping that Ed doesn't break his hip. I realized that I'm young compared to him. Absolutely. So one thing, uh, one thing I just want to point out a little bit is, you also need to be intentional about the language in your podcast. So one thing that I try to never do is talk about my podcast uh, kind of as a, as a, as a, as a podcast, right? I talk about it in its using its name. So for example, I'll say, thank you uh, for listening to true crime by Indie drop in instead of saying, thank you for listening. You know, if you like this show hit, you know, subscribe because one thing I, one thing that stuck out at me, which I thought was really strange is I told you, I added all these podcasting, this podcast for podcasters, uh, into this, into my one app so I can listen to them kind of in a, in a list. And it's surprising how many shows where I'm listening to, I forget who they are. Um, what the name of the show is, they're asking me to do things. And I'm thinking to myself, who, who is this person? And especially for shows that only come out like once a month or, or, um, at unusual intervals, um, you know, they just end up in my playlist, uh, and I just am moving through them. 
And at the end, they're like, thanks for listening. You know, uh, you know, if you like this show, hit the subscribe and, you know, you can check me out, you know, on Twitter at whatever. And I'm thinking, huh? Like what, what show even is this? Um, so I, I don't know if that's a, a common thing, but I make sure to always talk about, I always say my show name. Uh, I always make sure to say it at the end and um, make sure to give any call to actions uh, that are very, very specific to the name of the show. Uh, Cause I figure I'm jammed in a playlist somewhere on a long car ride or walk or run or something. And people just might forget. Let's go ahead and talk about some other ways to do this. I know we touched up on social media a little bit. Is the concept there different? And how are some ways you can execute that? We'll go ahead and go to, we'll go to Dave Jackson, then Tanner, then Michelle. Well, that's a great question. Because I always have a, a worry that if I just make every tweet a call to action, then nobody's going to, you know, look at whatever I'm saying. So it's it's tricky. I, again, I think you have to point out how they're going to benefit. If you want somebody to click on something, here's how you can, can benefit. Um, I know anything I put on Twitter, like Tanner was talking, he uses, I think he said Switchy or Switchly or something like that. Um I use a couple different tools, Rebrandly, which is kind of like Bitly, just to track on what people are clicking on so I can see what's working. Um, but in terms of if the call to action is different, I, you know, I, I guess not really. You have to explain here's something that's going to help you, and this is why you should click. I think that's how you get people to click. Well, my big thing is voice is different than text, right? So as far as you can tell on someone's voice, the passion, and, and you can kind of get a delivery through that. But go ahead. I mean, Tanner got something to say. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I didn't realize I was off mute. I apologize. No, but I think that, you know, it's how you come across just as passionate and intentional as you would on text. Michelle, go ahead. Excuse me. I meant on voice, but Michelle, go ahead. Wait, wait. Could you repeat the question? Because remember, I'm still sick, so I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, wait, what's the brain. question again? <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I mean, it's more or less a discussion about. So we've kind of talked about, hey, this is how we're going to do it in our podcast. But right. Other methods, for example, with social media, is it the same approach? Like I just said, oh, much different than text. Um. So it depends on the platform, and it depends on your level of comfort. So if you follow me on Twitter which is my favorite platform to be honest um i just so i'll do things because i do a lot of political content i'll troll uh people with my content <laughs> <laughs> so by that what i mean is when i was doing i was covering the student loan forgiveness potential for student loan forgiveness this whole summer and then i would link to people's tweets like but but people like um elizabeth warren you know like people are tweeting about these things and I'm like well actually i have this episode about da, 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 da. you guys could check it out here so it it's like you can troll people in a, a nice way like i don't do mean trolling um but i always look for the opportunity uh right now there's a lot of chatter about rihanna and i actually have a podcast episode about are billionaires bad even if they're rihanna so right now I could be, uh, if I weren't feeling like crap, I could be um, doing a lot of social shares around, you know, I love Rihanna, but I have this question. What do you guys think? 
and people might go in and listen to the episode that way. I think just being natural, I feel like, again, people are really weird and scripted and like think too hard about how people are going to react to what their moves are online. Um, Don't be a douche. Don't be a dick. Um, Just be genuine. Be funny. Like embrace a lot of humor. And I think usually it goes over pretty well. And so that's typically what I do. If I want people to take excuse me, action, I'll just let them know. Like, hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, right now I'm doing a poll. Hey, guys, I just need help, you know, with this poll. Answer, Just ask them like you would at if you were to meet them at happy hour, that's how you should be talking to them. That's exactly how you should be communicating with people. Except for on LinkedIn, because LinkedIn's weird, you have to be a little more formal. Other than that, everywhere else, imagine you're at a bar and, you, and you've had just one drink. You can't imagine that you've been at a bar and you've had three drinks. That's That means you're getting sloppy. Everywhere else you're communicating, you feel loose and relaxed and you're just asking the questions that you feel like the vibes with uh, because you've had one drink. That's how you should be communicating with people about what you want, what you what what your needs are. Hmm. Absolutely. Tanner? Yeah, I was going to agree with all that uh, and what was said before. Um, I'm not much of a call to action guy on social. I think that, well, except in the way that the call to action might be, be, Hey, here's an article that will be useful to you. Uh, so it's less of a call to action and more of like a drawing attention to something that's beneficial to them. It's not that I want them to click on the, the link to the article because I, it's going to do anything for me. It's because it's going to do something for them. I usually put my CTAs in the article. So, they're they're more likely after having gained that benefit to respond to a call to action at the end of the benefit than they are, I think, to respond to an, an, an ask for, you know, stuff that happens on platform like polls. It's probably pretty easy to get engagement there. I have pretty good luck with that. I think most people do. Uh, or to Putting it in the middle, like you just said in the article, do yeah. you think that kind of helps with the kind of appeals and more realistic to the people that are actually consuming product rather than just shutting out in the void uh yeah i think so because i mean if you're putting it in the content that they're coming to i mean there's already been one step in the in the funnel so to speak so you've already filtered out a bunch of people who weren't going to respond to the cta anyway uh so i mean yeah in that way it's useful sure that's that's a good insight right uh jeff sorry yeah i cut you off i just wanted to mention that because i feel like uh especially a lot of newer podcasters it's kind of shouting into the void well one one thing you can always do is make sure you cultivate the right followers so that when you're talking about the stuff that you talk about, it matters to those people who are following you. So um, I, I did a little bit of promotion with quote unquote micro influencers uh, when I launched one of my shows and the only CTA that they had in there was my podcast link in their bio. And, um, you know, all they would do is talk about stuff they heard on my show and it drove tons and tons and tons of traffic. So I think I paid like $50 for a person who had like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram at the time to, to do like two, uh, carousel posts. And it, it may have gotten me 200 subscribers to my podcast. 
that's an interesting point you bring up there, kind of funneling it through uh, another somebody else. Neil, do you have anything? Then we'll go to Fuzz. I think one of the best things you can do is is uh, for a really strong call to action is come up with something like like a really effective one. I think would be something like when I was born, I couldn't walk at all, and now at the age of fifty five, I can walk across the room to get a beer from the fridge. Here's how I did it, and then take about fifteen or twenty tweets in a thread to outline how you got from zero steps at birth to 20 steps at the age of, I'm just messing with you. Just what I'm trying to get to is for God's sake, don't bury your call to action in a thread because threads make me want to poke my soul out with a spork. Oh my God. Um, Somewhere in Ariel Nissenblatt just died. Yeah. I'm so glad that you did the button hook here because I was like, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> yeah, please, please. Like the worst thing I think that Twitter has ever done is the little thread emoji because I think that needs to be outlawed and banned because now it's gotten to the point where, do you remember that meme that went around for a little while where it was the girl yelling in the guy's ear about something? We have no idea what she was yelling in his ear about, except that everybody, everybody found a way to use that. And it became a thing where suddenly the parodies of the meme were actually better than the meme itself. And so I, I think threads are at that point. We've, I, think, I think threads had their day, and now all they are, to go back to something that Michelle said earlier and was piggybacking off something that I said an earlier question ago, like if you're going to put the audience first, if you're going to put your followers first, your listeners first, your whoever's first, um, you're, not, you're not giving them threads because the thread only serves you. The thread doesn't really serve them in any in any way that i've been able to find or measure if somebody's had wonderful success with their threads and people are saying to them oh thank goodness you post so many threads on twitter i really want more threads from you i would love in maybe one or two sentences for you to tell me exactly how you did that because to me threads are the most annoying thing ever you know neil it kind of reminds me go ahead if you're if you're annoyed by the thread, then you're not the person for the thread. But I've definitely done threads and people have loved them. But the reason why, it goes back to your point, they serve them. So I've done uh, several threads on freelance writing um, specific to earning more and how to do it. So it's not just like me randomly directing them. To, in fact, it doesn't direct them to my podcast or anything. It's this is this is time to make more money. This is how you do it. Here are all the steps, but because freaking you can only do like 250 characters in a, in a tweet, it takes more than 250 characters to explain this. So it becomes a thread. Like literally that's it. And, thank thank um, you for sanding those, the rough edges off of what I meant to say, which was that if the point to your thread is self-serving, then the thread is garbage. But if the oh, point yeah. behind your thread oh, yeah. is to edge, yeah, because the reason I found you, Michelle, in the first place, and the reason I started following you was because of a thread that you posted that it, all it did, the only thing it did was lay out tips for me. You weren't selling me anything. You weren't trying to get me to go anywhere. You were, you just laid out and I forget when it was but it was a few months back and it was it was just this killer list of nothing but like even each tweet on its own in the thread was helpful in and of itself and the fact that they were all together in one thread was gold but but the point was you were helping me 
you weren't trying to get me to follow along some breadcrumb path that was end up stuffing money in your pocket. And that was what I liked about it. But the thing is, I, I wonder if in that thread, I wonder if I have an affiliate. Probably not because uh, I haven't been, I, I haven't had focus to do affiliates for a while. Um, but what I would say is this. I don't think many podcasters have a ecosystem thought out for their brands. And so that's part of the reason why their monetization strategies can feel so jarring and obvious to people because maybe there there's just one thing that they're so hyper-focused on because they don't have an ecosystem. So by this, what I mean is I have my social media, I have my podcast, I have a website, I have interviews that I do on other people's, you know, platforms. I have collaborations that I've done with brands. Like I have a very, very robust overall brand that I've built out for years. And, and I think that the reality is a lot of the monetization and calls to action, all this stuff that people want to do, it takes time to build up properly over time, kind of like tending the garden and to do it in such a way where it's almost not obvious to people it takes a while to understand how to do that, right? And if you are only podcasting on an app, you don't have enough of an ecosystem to um, kind of pass people through what you're doing in such a way that they they aren't going to notice notice your monetization efforts, right? So, like, sometimes people can't tell when I'm monetizing things, Right. And I do that on purpose because I want it to be super subtle. But I will be clear and say that every single post is monetized. Um, and I'm, I'm transitioning to more of a quote unquote passive income model. I'm going back to what I used to enjoy from before. And so that means understanding cookies. Like if you don't have a website, then having a, cookies on your website you have no idea what the hell i'm talking about but it's a really great way to make affiliate income without even people making a buying decision and so i'll, I'll explain it in one minute a cookie is literally you click on a link and you look at a thing you don't have to shop you don't have to do anything beyond that and i could earn money right um and it could be that you click on a book that i'm like this is a great book blah 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 and you don't buy this book. And you're just like, wow, that is a great book. That's it. And I could get affiliate income from that. Or maybe you guys develop your own products and services. This is actually a great one. You develop your own products and services. And those are the things that make sense within the context of your show and how you're serving your audience. So, of course, it makes sense that people might want to interact with it. But I just think that the overall brand ecosystem most people have isn't broad enough. And so that's why a lot of what they're doing is so obvious to people because they're, they're in one place. Podcasters are like two things at the same time, right? They are the middle school boy who finally gets up the courage to ask his crush out and just says, well, how are you growling me, Jessica? And just like dumps everything out all at once without building any relationship before that. And then they're also the obnoxious college student who's like, uh, buddy's buddy's the man, man. This is late stage capitalism, dude. They don't like want to get their shit together. It's so frustrating. But what I would say to that is, personal finance space was like that for a long time, and I think if if podcasting 
follows the same trajectory. People who are in it now, because it's s- still so much in the infancy, they're positioned to do very well, right? Um, so it's really wild to me to see some of the same like conflict around monetization and calls to action and, you know, this is art and, and we shouldn't do certain things. And it's the same thing that I heard 10 years ago when I first started blogging in the money space. And there, there were some very real concerns like we we are trying to do certain things for the the better good uh we're trying to help people uh we're trying to entertain people and then people are like wait a minute this takes seven hours to do this one thing and we can't we can't do it for free there's a reason why back in antiquity and now there were patrons for the arts because it takes time and money to do these things right But I think people are so skittish around just being blunt. Like, it takes me seven hours (laughs) to do a, if I do a one hour um, interview podcast, like if it's an episode with an interview, I have a guest. When it's all said and done, it's probably about seven hours worth of work because I have the edits, I have the interviews, I have the admin, I have the marketing, like it's a lot of work. I'm not doing that shit for free anymore. I am not doing that. So in order for me, you guys have heard me say this before, in order for me to do my show, every five to seven episodes have to be paid, period. I do not do that shit for free. Or I'll, I'll do an affiliate play depending on the content. And if you are clear with people around why you're doing what you're doing, they get it. They get it. You'd be surprised. They get it. However, there's more than one way to make money. So Uh, this is why I do podcasters getting paid. I'm like, there are grants, there are partnerships with brands where you don't have to have that in your content. Like I worked with Experian last year. That's not in my podcast. That just happened to leverage, like they leveraged what they learned about me. And we did a partnership that, that was never in my podcast. And that was my most lucrative partnership last year. It was $15,000. So I, I just think that I, I wish people would stop being so rigid around like what what this all looks like. It's art. It is it is whatever you want it to be, especially now because this is the Wild West. You don't have to sell your content. You don't have to sell your soul. But you do have to have like a framework around what your content is like, like what who you serve, what the point of it is. And so if you're just like every week sitting down and you're like, let's just shoot the shit. That's fine. But it might not, it might be very difficult to figure out the other components to that. That's all I got to say. Wow. Man up or shut up. Right. No, but seriously, that's some great, that's great knowledge. I do. I see you down there. AJ will wrap up with you, but Greg and fuzz, do you have anything to throw in here? I'll just say what I, I think I've said on every single podcast power hour. Um, it all always comes down to knowing what your audience wants, knowing who your audience is, uh, what their drivers are and, uh, uh, connecting with them in a way that they want to be connected with and, uh, connecting with them where they are. So I don't, uh, there's a lot of advice that's been given on here by myself and others, but your show is going to be different than everybody else's show your audience is different than everybody else's audience and uh you're gonna have to test what works for you and adjust and test again and keep adjusting until you get it right 
and it might take some time. So um, there's no one answer. Some of the things you've heard today, uh, if you're new to this, will be things that you can try out, but don't expect anyone, one of them to be a silver bullet for your show because uh, your audience is likely different than every single one of us who has spoken today. So what you're saying, Fuzz, is offer them something they want and your call to action will work. What he's saying well, is this whole thing has been useless. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's good to talk about. It. It's good to get ideas. It's just that, you know, what works for Michelle uh, isn't going to work necessarily for me, isn't going to necessarily work for any of you know, pick anybody on here. So, um, yeah, I yeah. think. Sorry to interrupt you, Fuzz, but I but I think that you have to do some serious consideration. Like if you're a TV movie pod or or you're talking about ghosts, like you really have to think about um, what it is that that you know. How will the listener help you and help themselves? Because it's not so obvious. Like if you talk about like aliens or whatever on your podcast, and you you know, you're not planning to create a product. You're not, you know, you're just kind of hoping for some alien related sponsor to come along. You know, your, your calls to action are most likely going to be, uh, join my Patreon or something to that nature. Oh. You gotta really, you gotta really think it through. It's, it's not, it's not like, like you were saying, fuzz, it's not so easy. Um, because you really don't know yet. Like it, it takes a while podcasting, I think, before you really know what exactly is it that you want to get out of this podcast. We probably started it for fun, and you know Michelle's a powerhouse. Like you know, she, she's 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 doing she's doing big stuff, right? Like some people are just like talking about kitchen knives. So <laughs> you know, then sell kitchen knives. Uh, that was that was an easy one, probably. Sell some Jinsu knives, you dummies. Yeah. All right, AJ. Hey, hey, can you guys hear me? All right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. No. Like this. Uh, this is my first time here. I'm like, I just came in late, so I, like I was talking with Texan David earlier about like what I was missing here, but um, no, I'm uh. Uh, I was actually liking what, like, what was being said between like Fuzz and then uh, uh, was it Michelle who was speaking beforehand, or um, no? I mean, it was Michelle. Being, like, she was saying all the smart okay. things. Okay, yeah, no, I was really like resonating with like what was being said. I mean, especially myself being uh, just coming into podcasting and just like. I'm kind of learning like bits and pieces from David and then uh, Jeff, you obviously like sent me some like links and resources. Um, some of some of the people in this uh, group were on that list. So like, like I'm just trying to take as much like assistance as I can. I um, mean, and, and just like what you're saying, like you got to know what the audience is saying and, or I'm sorry, like what they want. But um, so I guess basically what I'm asking is like, as a, an aspiring like podcaster here or, or trying to work towards that. Like, I guess like, how should I be like, like pursuing this and like, how should like my call to action form be or, um, yeah, I don't know how else to really word it specifically. It's just like, I, th I think the answer is you should be approaching it as if it were a business. 
um, so many podcasters come to podcasting not realizing that what they have done, whether they whether it's going to happen right now or if it's going to happen in a year, if they make it a year, is that they have just started a business uh, that's going to need to become a business if they're going to keep doing it. Uh, and they're not, you know, just willing to give seven, eight, 10, 20, 30 hours of their life every week to a hobby. Um, so you've asked a very complicated and very, in, uh, very multi-layered question, because essentially what you've asked is, how do I build a business? Um, and I, I think everybody in here would be more than happy. I know I would be. My suspicion is that Michelle would be, and probably everybody else on this stage who is proffering advice and pretending like they know everything, except for Michelle. She actually does know everything. Uh, I think that we would be, <laughs> we would be happy to probably have that conversation in, in like a direct message or an email capacity because it's, it's, too, it's too much for me to dive into. Maybe somebody here can give some very quick like highlights, but I mean, I really do feel like what you've just asked is how do I start a business that works? And that's a long yeah. answer. No, yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, Part of it is joining us every week, though, AJ. I mean, I think that would be... <laughs> oh, I forgot yeah, the CBA. No, like, Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, David David will let me know, like, when Power Hour is. But, like, I'm, like, gambling, like, trying to work on this, like, podcast and, like, going to work. And it's, it's like, oh, my goodness. Yep. Like, I, I literally came in and I'm, like, I literally texted him, like, all right, what are we talking about? What are we talking about? I'm just completely burned out, like, from working, like, a, multiple doubles, like, this past, like, four days. And I'm like, okay, like, hang on, what are we talking about? Like, oh, okay, okay, so uh, X, Y, and Z, etc. But oh my god. Well, man, it was nice meeting you. We hope to have you back in here in the upcoming weeks. And appreciate you taking the time to. It was kind of an odd way to say hello, but damn it. You- yeah. <laughs> well, hello, hi. <laughs> but no, I've already. Yeah, I'm. I think just DMing. Well, that's a frequent thing. I do that throughout the day. But I think that's that's the first step, and then coming in here and doing that is next. So it's good to see people interested and in working towards that improvement. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. I don't remember how often like um, you guys ha- will have podcasting power hour. I, David will let me know like every so often, but otherwise like it, re- it really depends on like my schedule and like whether or not I'm really looking on my phone. That's because he all his call to actions. When we asked him to bring a friend, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's maybe a first step you could take as as uh, Jeff was talking there. A lot of people say identify your why. And I feel like anybody who says find your why, run from them. If that's like the first piece of advice they give you, because that's that person probably doesn't know much more than to tell you to just start and find your why. Uh, what I like to tell people to do is find their to what ends, as in what is with whatever your podcast is, I'm assuming it's something about therapy because you're, you're banished to something about the untherapy or something. Um, what is the thing you want to accomplish? If you could just identify that, where, what's the end point as far as you can see? Not why you're doing it, but where you want to be. And I think having a very clear picture of where you want to be. For, for me, for my podcast, it was, I want to be a uh, premier is not the right word, but I want to be somebody... I want to be a pundit within the podcast space. You want to people be- think of when they when they think when they ask the question, "Who can I go to to get answers on how to do this related to podcasting?" I wanted to be one of the go tos, and everything I did started with my desire to become that thing. So I think you need to decide what you want your podcast to accomplish, not why you're doing it, but what you want it to accomplish in the long term. Sounds like an influencer, Tanner. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 
I actually like that. Like, I mean, I've already like established the why, but like, I mean, like, I think I've already like discussed this with like, um, David, Brianna. Um, but, um, it's just, yeah, no, like you said, like, it's like, what do you hope to like achieve? Like, like your end, like our end game or whatever. Uh, I'm still yet to trying to figure that out. I mean, I still have enough time to get it all situated and then like figure that out down the road. But like, um, yeah, no, I'm, I just, I guess there's just some anxiety there and like, I just don't want to end up just losing focus on that. And then, um, I, I want to say something. Why, why are you making this so hard? Like you're, this should be enjoyable. There should be no anxiety around it. There should be no expectations. And it takes a while, in my view, to figure out if podcasting is the right thing for you anyway. Um, most folks, whether it's podcasting, blogging, you know, YouTube, whatever, it takes a while to see if this is the, the format for you. So in my view, quite honestly, the minute you said anxiety, no, 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 no simplify everything so you enjoy it that's it just just enjoy it like i started blogging about money because i wanted to help people um i wanted people to to connect with who understood the story that i was living right right and if i could help one other person great that was it that was it i wasn't trying to make money i wasn't and i did that for years for free and i did it super imperfectly there's no perfect like system, I, I don't want you to fall into this weird idea about that. Just when you can publish an episode, hopefully somewhat regularly, that's it. Like that should be it. Yeah. And then as you do it over time, you'll figure out the other parts. But if you're already having this thought like anxiety, that's no bueno. Yeah. Like have fun, relax, it'll be good. Yeah, I, I don't yep. think I, I like not, I should have, uh, I didn't know how to word it differently, but, um, like it's not necessarily anxiety, but like um, I have a very high frequency of ADHD, so just like it's like just trying to put like a complete hundred percent into like something that I'm very passionate of here, which is like like my podcasting. Like it's gonna be about like you don't need it to be a hundred percent, my friend, because most people won't even start. So since you already started, you're good. Oh, yeah. Like you're literally you're good yeah no it, like it's not really like the 100 percent investing into there it's like making sure that like hey am, am, am i still going to be doing this uh, no i understand what you're saying i understand forward. what you, i i literally understood what you said and I'm, I'm being very clear because i've done this for 10 years you don't need to do all that you just need to show up as constant as as often as you can for you okay comfortably and then go from there that's it I would say to sum it up, the podcasting can suck if you make it suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I, I actually apply that to like my day to day life. Like life is what you make it to be. If you want it to suck, it's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. So let's go ahead and Jim. Did you? I know you jumped. Well, okay, we'll go around the horn and closing thoughts here. Then we'll get to you, Jim. I know you're in and out of this space. No, I think to me, it, like a lot of the important things we talked about, having a plan and all that, being strategic. That is all useful, but it's also about continuing to grow and learn and take advantage of and really focus on the things you're good at when we're discussing these things and we're executing these things. But yet, like I said, not being able to afraid to learn, 
Great. I think you summed it up pretty well, Jeff. I think if you uh, ask your audience to do something that you think they want to do, you know, be in it with them. I always use the analogy of be in their canoe. So if you're in their canoe and you're building content that they want, then your calls to action will be, they'll be nice. Like I like Tanner's calls to action because they relate to podcasting. And even though, um, I've never bought him a taco. I don't think he's a fool. Uh, yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> he's a I, I love, I love how he says his CTAs. I mean, I don't yeah. know what he's doing, but no, no, the way no he says I mean, them are great. I'm not giving him any money, but I think he does them really well. And, uh, so it's just, just something to consider. I think is, is get in your listeners canoe, talk about the things that they want to talk about and ask them to do something that you would do. And that's, that's my, Closing thought. Mm. Speaking of canoeing, Fuzz, you said you were doing that earlier, right? What you got? I was canoeing. Yes, I was canoeing earlier. Um, no, I was, I, I mean, similar lines to what Greg said. Um, be your authentic self. Be authentic to your, your audience. That's why they're listening to you. Uh, if your call to action is authentic and it sounds like it's coming from a place of good and not a place of want, uh, then your listeners are going to react. Otherwise, uh, you're just going to come off as a huckster. And that's uh, well, what's that word? That's what I, what's the word, Tanner? That he a just busker, said a bus a busker a busker no no no, no. Busker. no, no, no. he he know, it's the thing they call Donald Trump all the time. That word that oh, they call a, grifter. a grifter a grifter a grifter. Yeah. A tra- it started with the C. What was it they called you, Tanner? Who? No, that's who he <laughs> called that no, person no, that no, left in the review. Tanner. <laughs> the, the guy earlier that was mad, yeah, you, you, it was a Twitter argument a few months ago, and he called. Oh, the charlatan! That's it. That was. You <laughs> sorry. Don't get don't you know be authentic. I don't think anybody's ever accused Tanner of being inauthentic. Yeah, somebody called me uh, a charlatan. Yeah, they, yeah, you don't. Yeah, remember. you don't remember, no, I don't remember that. that. I don't remember that. We all remember that. <laughs> oh. Highlight of my year, actually. I, yeah. I screenshotted it. Oh yeah, shit! Can a, you send it to me? It's sitting on my desk. I've got a, on, in a frame. I'd really like to post it on my yeah. wall now that I've got all these fat stacks of money I'm sitting on. I still have the account that I created so I could call him that. <laughs> nice. Nice. I, I changed his uh, contact in my phone. Oh my God. Perfect. No, I, I think somebody was commenting in the thread saying, Hey, they wanted to D uh, Michelle or something. Yeah, no. And my point was, I think everybody up here is more than willing and knows. In fact, we're going to see, receive DMS. So I don't think Michelle would have a problem with that or anybody else up here. Jim Mallard, you've been podcasting for 10 years. Surely something relates to you besides the be authentic because that's all you can do, right? Be you. That's all That's all I've done. And the answer to your question earlier, uh, I got Neil Lockman on tomorrow. He's uh, We're going to talk about space, and he's working on this, um, well, rocket project and floating cities and all kinds. I can't even really get into it all. So just tune in tomorrow, 9 p.m. Eastern, Mallard.com. Greg, don't Greg, don't you ask him what that has to do with paranormal? Don't you do it, Greg? I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I was just thinking to myself. He's been podcasting so long; it used to be called flip phone casting. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you what it has to do with paranormal. It's space, space aliens. Come on, not that far. That's it's called normal. <laughs> no, there's got to be something unnormal out there. Come on. All right, philosopher, what you got? 
Thanks, man. Uh, so if I seemed extra aggressive today, I'm sorry about that. I get I get really worked up about podcasters and money. Um, I don't do this anymore, so this isn't a plug, but I want to share it with people who are still here because I, I want you to know that it's possible to do. When my uh, studio went functionally bankrupt because of uh, the pandemic and I had to find some way to keep my family afloat, uh, I turned to courses. I had done that maybe a few months before the pandemic started, but uh, towards the end of 2020, in December, in fact, I stood up a course called the Podcast Revenue Machine, and I charged $5,600 per enrollment for it. Uh, and I helped, I think I had 44 students in total over the, over the few nine-week periods that the course ran because it was a nine-week-long course. And every single one of those students uh, with the exception of one who was absolutely impossible and didn't listen to a damn thing I said, uh, <laughs> went to bad fit. That's my fault. I shouldn't have sold her the course. Um, went on to and still today makes five and six figure gross revenue uh, from their podcast through the methods that I taught in that course. Now, I don't teach that course anymore. I'm not going to teach it anymore. Don't DM me and ask me for access to it. It doesn't exist anymore. But those podcasters did it. It's possible. And I think one of the things that motivates me and probably maybe motivates Michelle as well is that we know that you can do this and we know that that kind of money would really probably help most podcasters. They'd be happy to escape, you know, working for some job they undoubtedly most of the time would rather not be working for somebody else, would rather be working for themselves, making their own fucking money and not having to give most of it away to whoever they have to give it away to when they work for somebody else. Uh, so I'm sorry if I get really, if I get like all in a fluster, uh, when we talk about money, but I, I feel like so many of you have no idea what's possible and go to Michelle, <laughs> go to Michelle because she, she's way more patient than I am. I'm not patient. <laughs> um, but what I will say is something actually adjacent to this, which is we keep hearing all these like, things about we're going into recession i don't know if we are or if we aren't um and people will be nervous to do monetization activities during a recession please remember money is made all the time so still do whatever you need to do to make money with your show if that is something you would like to do if you don't want to do it no worries so like for me, I'm not changing anything that I do with my show. I'm going to dig in deeper because I'm in personal finance space. Obviously, there's a lot of opportunities if there's a recession. If there's not, no big deal, like whatever. Um, but but there's always money out there. Again, people pay for weird shit. People paid, I'll never forget this, $66 for a pound of collard greens from Neiman Marcus for Christmas. Like they have their Christmas catalog. Like people are weird and there's money everywhere. It may not flow the same way, but there there are people who may be interested in either investing in your vision. There might be grants that that give you access to funds. Like there's just a lot of different ways to do a thing. And I wish people would stop being so rigid around how they think about monetizing their creative work. It doesn't have to be sponsorships is my point. Oh, Michelle, thank you. Seriously. All jokes aside, as always, you bring great information and you just hit it home with it. So we really do appreciate you. Well, Neil, Neil, man, I think people in here listening, you, you got to realize how great of a resource 
this guy is. I, I know I shared an episode of yours on my podcast, Neil, and I heard such great feedback. So he's very, very great resource. You're very kind. Um, if I can throw in a closing thought, and I'm, I'm going to try as to to minimize uh, how much of a sort of a plug I have to throw in here to make the context matter. Um, if you're gonna do a call to action, uh, whether that's to get somebody to buy something from you, to go and read something you want them to read, whatever it is you're doing, for crying out loud, make sure it's something that you believe in and that you honestly believe is worth spending the money on, um, and and that might be your the first filter that any of this stuff needs to pass through before you start worrying about how you're going to word it and where you're going to put it in your show or any of those kind of things. Make sure it passes the sniff test for, yes, I can endorse this confidently and I believe in it. Uh, as an example, I have a copywriting course that is on sale now. It goes live October the 1st and there's a, you know, there's like a pre-sale discount on for it. But one of the things that you get when the course is done is you get an affiliate code. And uh, if anybody signs up and takes the same course that you did, then you get 50 bucks for signing them up. Um, and it's only a $249 course. So you're getting like, you know, a 20% piece of the pie with your affiliate code. Well, I had somebody email me this week and say, listen, uh, can I just skip the taking the course and get to the affiliate code part? Because I would love to make the 50 bucks and I can get a bunch of people to sign up. Well, in my head, I'm like, well, I would love to have someone line my pockets full of money. But then I said to the person, no, because you can't have the affiliate code until you've taken the course, because I don't want somebody out there selling, you know, me essentially, um, if they don't know what they're talking about, if they can't come from a place of honesty, and I honestly believe in this thing that I'm promoting, then you are a dare I say once again, charlatan. Um, and I don't know that we need to go down that road again, but, <laughs> but like, let's just put the people that we are claiming to serve first. Let's put them at the top of the pecking order and put ourselves second, because if we do a good enough job serving them, then the serving us will take care of itself. Mm. You're great. Now I appreciate that. Greg, take us home. Thanks, everybody, for coming to this podcasting power hour. It's every single Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern time because that's where Jeff lives. But it's 8 o'clock my time, you know, because I'm in central time. If you want to hear our past episodes lightly edited, mostly what I do is I just remove Ed. They're actually pretty good. Ed, Can I ed say edited. that? Yeah, yeah, they're ed edited. <laughs> But no, Greg, seriously, those are good episodes, man. I went back and listened to some today. That's good shit. Yeah, I go out and I cut out a bunch of the, you know, dull parts. And yes. uh, I normalize the audio and and uh, make it sound a lot better. So it move, the, the pace moves a little bit faster. So I know you can hear my dog. But go to podcastingpowerhour.com and uh, you can you can find them. Find them, get them. No, seriously though, all you people that are up here speaking, highly respect you and appreciate the time you put in every Monday with us. Then of course, everybody listening, a lot of regulars there. And we appreciate all the support. We will be back next week, Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern for Podcasting Power Hour. Oh, Greg.
Thank you for listening to the Podcasting Power Hour. Everyone is free to participate on Twitter Spaces every Monday at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. To join, just follow Jeff at podcast underscore father or Greg at Indie Dropin. If you found this podcast helpful, go into your podcast app and write a quick review. Other podcasters will see it and know this show is worth listening to. Also, I'll put a few links in the show notes for ways you can support the show. I think by now you know we love our coffee. Have a great week. That's me, I guess. Only because I'm great. I feel like you need to add some echo onto your voice when you do that last line. Yeah. Yeah. Something podcasting power, you know, like no. Did anybody else hear the sound effects I was playing as Tanner was talking? Yeah, yeah, the crashing. Yes. Oh, I thought that was just Tanner. He sent me a note. He's like, I gotta hang up. I'm like, okay. See ya. (laughs) Yeah, Dave Jackson said his boss pulled him away. So anyway. DJL, I see you down there, man. The DJL down. Look at that smile. Million dollar smile. Dave Dave Jackson having a 10 p.m. work call. That's what he said. Then then he he tweeted me that. Then his boss actually replied. He's like, wow. Some smucks got me on a call, and his boss replied to it. (laughs) I hope whatever they. We have some clients. Yeah, we've we've got some clients in uh, uh, Beijing where we have team members who are on get on calls at 10 10 p.m., which sucks. Is what it is. Gotta make that yeah. money. Yeah, but Fuzz, you what you pay people, you know, you're not in podcasting. I'm not. <laughs> it's too dang high. Well, this one went. Well, they always go a little bit over, but it was a good discussion. I don't know who came up with the idea, but they're a genius. Yeah, I had a slow start though, so I have to edit some of that out. Yeah, yeah, but you know, we set the stage. And then it took off. We need some, uh, anybody have any ideas for guests? I mean, I have some ideas of people who like own products and things like that. If you're interested, if anybody's interested in that. I was going to jokingly suggest Randy Shaver from care 11 comes to my work. Sometimes I could maybe try to uh, persuade him. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know what that is. <laughs> No, I've had a lot of people, a lot of people spam Greg and I saying they'd love to come to us, but they're not really, I'd love to come sell my NFTs to you during podcasts, you know what I mean? But yeah, you're, you're right. Like, Tanner, Tanner, stop. <laughs> I think once a, once a month would be a great, I think that's kind of like what I see as good, you know, we, these are great conversations, but once a month, it would be nice to have somebody in here. Like we were doing it every week. I think that was too much. But once a I month, would like... I would like you to get Mark Gasquip in. I was oh, that's going to say that. That's easy. Yeah, I tried, but it's three in the morning there. Okay. Well. Well, and he is on daddy duty most of the time, so I guarantee you that more nights than not, he's up at three o'clock in the morning. It'd be fun to do like an ask me anything with Mark yeah. live. No, I agree. I, I love Mark. That would be amazing. But no, I, I I did, and I, you know, of course, was reminded that it's late there. But no, yeah. If you have any ideas, let us know for sure. No, it's not. It's not three in the morning there. It's two when Wait, it starts. Oh, it, oh, I'm sorry. I keep thinking he's in Australia. He's in. He's in Great Britain. Never mind. Carry on.
<laughs> I'm like, it's like, it's like noon. I just Googled it. I'm like, it's noon. He's Great a musician time. for crying out loud. Yeah, He's up at two in the morning. Yeah, there you go. I, sus- I suspect that he doesn't really have to work anymore. Yeah, so getting up at two o'clock in the morning is probably like the no go. Yeah. I'm sure he's sitting pretty good now. Well, it's, I mean, well done. Besides, doesn't he, doesn't he owe you for that whole Prince of podcasting thing earlier today? <laughs> yeah. That and the plugs I constantly do for Captivate, but I really do love it. Like Fuzz is talking about it earlier. It's, it's great. I know Greg will never do it because he's too greedy, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm lazy. So I pretty much rely on dynamic ads because I'm too lazy to sell ads and do other things. So they're, going they're, to... com- they're coming soon. I'm captivated. They'll be, so they just, Oh yeah. Sec- yeah. Amy 2.0 and they're just integrating global right now. And I think within the next six months, we'll have what you have on, on Spreaker. I think so too. We'll see what, uh, did. we'll see what the, what the pay, what the payout is. This stage is definitely your soul. Your soul. Speaking of which, well, I got to get off here. I got some holes to dig, some souls to takes. For goodness sakes, man, I should be writing music. Thanks for doing this, you guys. No, no, no. Yeah, it was no. Fun. Thank you, thank yeah, you Michelle and Hale, everybody. Hey, Pixie. Yeah, thanks everybody for coming. You were late, Pixie. Yeah, thanks for nothing, Pixie. Yeah, you were late. <laughs> she was so late, wasn't even funny. She was next week. She just tried to sneak in there like she was here the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. She was her profile pic. I love when I join a conference call late and then like one of my employees will hop on a minute after me and I'll be like, where the hell have you been? And uh, they their face goes white and it's just you know, well, me being a dick because I was also late. So We switched to all teams. Before that, it was actually like AT&T conference call in and when somebody would join, it would beep, right? <laughs> but now it's just all teams since the pandemic. So, but yeah, back in the day, they would be like, Beep, and you'd be like, oh shit. And then you stop the meeting. You're like, who just joined? Who, yes. Who, who just joined? joined? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Busted. <laughs> oh, sorry. I got disconnected and rejoined. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. All, all right. right. Good night, y'all. Yep. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>